I'm not going to say that I'll try to be brief. I'm going to say I'll be brief tonight. So if you will, open your Bibles to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and I'll begin reading in verse 20 and read down through verse 33. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came before to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake unto him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Now one truth about our Lord's death, which should cheer the heart of every believer, is the willingness of the Lord Jesus Christ to die. That is the voluntariness of his death. You notice in verse 27, he says, For this cause, for this cause, for this purpose, came I into the world. He came into the world to save sinners. He came into the world to do the Father's will. And he said, I delight to do thy will, O God. And this was the Father's will, that he die in the place as a substitute for his people. This was the Father's commandment, that he lay down his life for his people. Keep your place here, but look back to John chapter 10 just a moment. In this chapter where our Lord speaks of himself as the good shepherd, Notice, if you will, in verses 17 and 18, he says, Therefore doth my Father love me, 
because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. Now notice, this commandment, this commandment, this commandment to lay down his life, and then again to take his life, this commandment have I received of my Father. The one in whom the Father delights, delights to do the Father's will. He said, I delight to do thy will, O God. And God said, this is my beloved Son in whom my soul delights. You notice back here in John chapter 12, the words of John. For the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking in this passage and then John he gives an explanation you might say of our Lord's words in verse 33 this he said signifying what death he should die in other words John says this is what Jesus said signifying what death he should die now I want to notice I want you to notice rather with me tonight three things in this passage that our Lord knew about his death. Three things that this passage tells us that our Lord knew about his death. First of all, our Lord knew what death he should die. He knew what death he should die. You notice that in verse 32. He said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth. Now he knew what death he should die, that he would die a death, not by stoning, but by crucifixion. He knew that he would be lifted up from the earth. He knew that he was the mediator between God and men. And even his death, that is that he was extended between heaven and earth, even his death would picture that he is the mediator. He knew what death he should die, that he would be lifted up. And the word if here, really that probably could be better uh, understood since I will be lifted up. He knew he was going to be lifted up. He knew he was going to die, and he knew he was going to die the death of the cross, the most cruel and the most ignominious death that is known to man, that is the death by crucifixion. He knew what death he should die. And then here's the second thing about our Lord's death that he knew, that this passage tells us, he knew what hour he should die. He knew the hour that he should die. You notice that in verse 27. He says, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. He knew how he was going to die, the death he was going to die, and he knew the hour that he was going to die. Now, I'm sure everyone here tonight is familiar with passages in the Gospel of John where on several occasions he confessed himself to be God. He said, I am. And when he confessed himself to be God, they knew exactly, when he said, I am, rather, they knew exactly what he was confessing. 
There wasn't a shadow of doubt in the mind of those religious leaders and those Jewish people that he was speaking to when he said, I am. They knew that by saying that, he was confessing himself to be God Almighty, God manifest in the flesh. And when he said that on several occasions, they would have crucified him, or they would have put him to death, rather. They took up stones on one occasion. One time the Bible says they would have cast him down from a cliff. But his hour was not yet come. His hour was not yet come. But have you ever noticed that while they would have, they would have killed him, they would have put him to death several times before his crucifixion, that when the time came that God had purposed from all eternity in which to crucify his son, then they were in agreement not to, not to crucify him. Have you ever noticed that? Look over here in Matthew's gospel just a moment. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26 and verse 1. And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Now, our Lord says this to his disciples. He said, Now you know in two days the Passover feast is going to come, and the Son of Man is going to be crucified or he's going to be betrayed to be crucified during the Passover. Now notice verse 3. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtility and kill him. But they said, I notice it. Now this is their, their counsel. Many times before this, they had taken up stones or they would have cast him over a cliff to kill him. But now, at the time of the Passover, they meet together to discuss the need to do away with this one, this one called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But here was their counsel. Not on the feast. <laughs> We're not going to do it at this time. We're not going to do it this time. Not on the feast. Lest there be an uproar among the people. But my friends, God had determined otherwise. And all through the Old Testament, from the days of Moses in Egypt, God had pictured through the Passover lamb how the blood would be, would be poured out. And by the sacrifice of that lamb, God's people would be delivered. And now the Passover lamb comes and God had determined from before the foundation of the world when his son would be crucified. And these leaders, they say, not now. This is not the time to do it. But they did it. But they did it. When Judas went to them and betrayed, 
or was ready to betray the Lord Jesus Christ, they agreed to it. You see, the God of the Bible is the God who says, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he knew the death he was going to die, that he would be lifted up, and he knew the hour when he would die. And number three, he knew what his death would accomplish. Now listen, he knew what his death would accomplish. Here in our text, John chapter 12 and verse 31, he says, Now is the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. He knew what his death would accomplish. He knew, first of all, that the prince of this world would be cast out or he would be defeated. Satan, that's who he has reference to when he speaks about the prince of this world. And Satan had usurped authority over this world by tempting Adam. He had introduced sin into this world through Adam's transgression. And the first declaration of our Lord's coming into this world was that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. And our Lord, he knew that his death would accomplish the overthrow and the destruction and the defeat of Satan. Our Lord's death upon the cross was not an attempt, but it was an accomplishment. I don't like to hear people talk about our Lord's death as though he attempted to do something. Do you? Because I'm here to tell you tonight, according to the word of God, his death was not an attempt. His death was an accomplishment. In Luke's gospel, the scripture says when he was there on the Mount of Transfiguration and he was speaking with Elijah and he was talking to Moses and they were speaking about his death which he should accomplish. His death he knew would accomplish the defeat of Satan. In Colossians 2, the apostle Paul says that he spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He knew what his death was going to accomplish, that Satan would be cast down, that he would be defeated, and he knew that he was going to propitiate God. You say, that's a that's a big word. What does that mean, that word propitiate? That he knew that the sacrifice which he was offering unto God for the sins of his people would satisfy God. That's what it means. He knew that he was going to accomplish redemption for his people. That this sacrifice, that the death that he was going to die the bleeding and, and the death that he would experience there on the cross would propitiate, would satisfy, would pacify God Almighty for the sins of his people. He knew that. The Apostle John said it like this, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. He knew that. 
And he knew that he was going to come back from the dead. He knew that. Even though he was forsaken there on the cross, he knew that God was not going to leave his soul or his body in the grave. He knew that. He died full of faith. That's right. He never stopped believing in God. He never stopped trusting in God. He knew that this death which he would accomplish would satisfy God and he would come forth from the grave. He said this commandment, both to lay down his life and to take his life, he had received from the Father. And then he knew this, and this is the, the rest of the message. He knew this, that he would draw all unto himself. That's what the scripture says. Look again, verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, or since I will be lifted up from the earth, will draw, I will draw all men unto me. And you notice the men is in italics, has been added by the translators. I will draw all unto me. I will draw all that the Father gave unto me. I will draw all unto me. I will draw all without distinction. You know, when the Bible speaks about all, it very seldom means all without exception. Isn't that true? If, if people would just take the time to read their Bible and compare Scripture with Scripture, they would see that. That very seldom when the Bible speaks about all, does it mean all without exception. Most commonly, it is all without distinction. He gave his life a ransom for all. That is all that the Father had given him. And he will draw all men unto him, all men without distinction of race, of nationality, of Education, all of these distinctions that we have and that, that man has to distinguish one another from, from each other, that God's people, that his elect, he has chosen out of all races, of all nations, and he'll draw all without distinction, not all without exception. That's evident because all men do not come to Christ. But notice these four things about these all. First of all, all speaks of many. It speaks of many. You know, people, they, uh, they say, well, you folks over there, you believe in sovereign grace. Yeah, we do. You believe that God has chosen a people before the foundation of the world and given them to Christ and that he came and he gave his life a ransom for them and that he calls them irresistibly and he keeps them. You believe that. You believe just a few people are going to be saved. No. <laughs> just leave off that last part. Just leave off that last part. 
Whoever said we believe just a few people are going to be saved? Huh? I never said that. Your pastor ever say that? Does the Bible ever say that? That just a few people are going to be saved? The scripture speaks about many. And that word all reminds us that there are many that are going to be saved. Many. In fact, John, when he was given a glimpse into heaven and saw those who were gathered around the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said the number was so great that we could not number. Innumerable company. Now, God knows the number. It is a finite number, that's true, and God knows each and every one of them. But my friends, the enemies of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and the enemies of those who believe in the, in the God of the Bible always attempt to paint us as though we believe that it's going to be us four and no more. No, no. No, no. We believe that when this is all said and done, that there's going to be a great host of people. And many of those who have preached just what I am preaching tonight and what this pastor believes here in this church have believed that when it's all said and done, that there's going to be more gathered around the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ than there are those who are cast into outer darkness. I don't know about that. Mr. Spurgeon believed that. But I do know this. It's not going to be just a few. There's going to be many. He gave his life a ransom, the scripture says, for many. For many. Out of all nations, all kindreds, all peoples, and all tongues. Many. Many. And number two, when our Lord says that he shall draw all men unto himself, this all reminds us that all of us by nature, that is in ourselves, were a great distance from God. Let me, let me re repeat that. He said, I will draw all men unto me. And that reminds us that each and every one of us by nature, in ourselves, as we came into this world, we were far off from God. We were far off from God. The thrice holy God could have nothing to do with sinful men apart from the mediator. As it said in the Old Testament, unless there was an umpire, unless there was one who could put his hand on God and put his hand on man, unless there was one in between, we were so far from God. We fell so far from We can't even, I don't think any of us can fully appreciate and understand how far Adam fell when he fell into sin. Most people think he broke his little finger. That's right. They think he broke his little finger, don't they? And any time he gets ready, man is able to recover himself. That's not true. 
Adam broke his neck spiritually. He's dead. The Bible says we come into this world speaking lies. There's none that seeketh after God. No, not one. And the Bible even pictures God as though he investigated, as though he looked down among the children of men to see if this were so. So that we might know what he tells us about ourselves is so that we are dead, spiritually dead in sins, trespasses and sins. We were so far off from God that we must be drawn to him. The apostle Paul put it like this, you who sometimes were far off. Now he was talking especially to the Gentiles who had been saved when he said that, but the same is true of the Jews. There's no difference for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were far off from God. We were far off from pardon. We were far off from peace with God. But then he said, are now made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. We were far off from God. We've got to be brought to him. We've got to be drawn to him. But he said all, that is many, all of us by nature, we were a great distance from him and we must be drawn to him. And number three, all by nature are not only far off, but not interested. Isn't that so? Not only far off, but not interested. It's bad to be far off. That's awful to be far off from God. But to be far off from God and not even interested. In all probability, there's some here like that tonight. You're far off from God and you're not even interested in how you might approach unto God. How God might have something to do with you. How God might have mercy on you. All of us by nature come into the world like that. We're far off from God. And we're not interested, and therefore we must be drawn. We must be drawn to him. That's what he says, isn't it? If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all unto me. No man, the Lord Jesus Christ said in John chapter 6 and verse 44, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him now, he didn't say no man may come to me he said no man can come to me no man no exception no man can come to me people people used to be told that they used to be told that they used to hear that in pulpits and not many places you'll hear that anymore. Right. Most places people are told, anytime you get ready, anytime you make your decision, God has a wonderful plan for your life if you'll just let him. If you just activate this plan that God has for your life. But our Lord didn't say that. He said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. 
Man by nature, he's not interested in God. Oh, I've seen people get interested. I've seen people get interested when they have problems with in their home, sometimes family problems, people get interested. I've seen people get interested when they got sick. But very seldom have I seen anyone that comes for a reason like that after the problem blows over, they usually are gone. Now God can use that, and I always pray that it does. But I know this, only God can bring a sinner to Christ. That's the reason people say, well, why don't y'all have invitations? We preach the gospel, and God draws his people to Christ. And when God draws a person to Christ, they're not going to, you don't have to strike while the iron's hot. They'll be back. They'll be back. Isn't that true? Sure it is. They'll be back. And then number four, all will be drawn to him. All. He said, I will draw all men unto me. I like the I wills of scripture, don't you? I'm so glad tonight that my salvation is not my will, but his will. He says, I will draw all unto me. Not one of his sheep is going to be lost. Not one is going to be left. They all will be drawn to him. They're going to be vitally joined to him by faith. And this union is so, so vital. There is no life. There is no life apart from this union. And our Lord illustrated it like this. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And every person here, almost everyone in this room tonight is old enough to realize and, and to know that if you go out here and you take a vine and you snatch a, a branch off of that vine, there's no life in that branch. Don't look for any new green leaves on that branch. Don't look for any fruit on that branch because you'll never see any. Why? Because the branch is severed from the vine. And Christ is that vine. And he's the, he is life. He is eternal life. He doesn't give eternal life. He is eternal life. He doesn't make a way. He is the way. And everyone that he draws is vitally joined to him. And therefore brings forth fruit. That's what he says in John chapter 15. Every branch brings forth fruit. I trust that the Lord will bless these words tonight and help us to appreciate even more the sacrifice and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's not an attempt. It's an accomplishment an accomplishment and all that the father purposed it does accomplish and shall accomplish and that is the salvation of his people Amen. God bless you